Hello, welcome to the Living Box Free Podcast. I'm Becky Ford. And I'm Ashleen Seitz. And today we are super excited to interview someone who we've met through our gym family. Yeah. And that's one of the neat things about our gym is we we just come across and meet so many different diverse, unique, <clears throat> empowering individuals. And actually, today, the person who's with us was one of our New Year's challenge winners. What? what? She won our effort award along with another gentleman named John. Uh, so Tiffany's with us today. We're going to introduce her here in just a moment. And she's going to talk to us about overcoming addiction. First, what is on the rise for you this week, Ash? Um, I went snowboarding yesterday and for my birthday. And it was 67 degrees on the mountain, and I got sunburned from just the bottom of my face and neck, and it's better today, but I just find it ridiculous that at the beginning of March, I can get <laughs> sunburned. I just, I didn't plan for that. I didn't, I mean, you're yeah. on snow. It makes sense. There's a reflection and all of that, but that sunburn is on the rise for me, y'all, in Indiana. Happy birthday. Yay. You get a, you get a sunburn. <laughs> Uh, all right, Tiffany, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, yes. We're going to have Tiffany introduce herself more here in a moment. Yep. We're going to get to know her a little bit by her answering what's on the rise for her this week. All right. Uh, what's on the rise for me? I did my first RX Open workout. Yay! I was very stoked about that. Never been RX. Never what, touched a 35-pound uh, dumbbell. No way. You'd never touched one? No. Oh, I'm No. What? I mean, I've, I've put other people's 35-pound dumbbells up before. <laughs> yeah. I have. That's very kind of you. You have done that. Yeah. yeah. You're a good friend. And for those who don't know what RX is, so if you're not a CrossFitter, there's this global competition called the Open. It happens once a year. And everyone in the globe who signs up does the same workout, uh, and it's released on Thursdays. And RX is the prescribed that's what it stands for, weight or movements. And there are some things that are super hard, like a heavy dumbbell, or sometimes there's pull-ups or muscle-ups. So to be able to do it, RX is like, it's like a bucket list thing. It's a big deal. It is. I tried to get yeah. out of it. I tried to uh, be, <laughs> no, I tried to be uh, on a scaled version for my height. Oh, yes. But that was unfortunately for, uh, for actual midgets or little people. <laughs> And I was just under it. Oh, maybe next year. Maybe next year you'll shrink. (laughs) Maybe next year. I did get some photos of you doing the workout. I forgot. I'll have to send them to you. Oh, thanks. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that. Yeah. I always love to see myself die. Yes. Right. It's always good. Yeah. I took some pictures of someone else, a different friend she asked me to. And then later she was like, I've never seen myself at this angle before. Because when she was upside down doing wall walks. Yes. She was like, this is weird. Yeah. So true. I mean, you did ask me. Yeah. I didn't just snap your photo without asking, but yeah, it was funny. <laughs> Becky, what's on the rise for you this week? Uh, what's on the rise for me? As Ash mentioned, it's warm, warmer weather. Yes. And so a lot of time outside with our little guy, specifically in his swing, he has learned how to throw tantrums. And so the best. He, he loves his swing. I tried to take him out of it and it was a meltdown. And I was like, all right, we'll be out here for another 20 minutes. I'm fine with that. Right? 60 degrees. Yeah. So anyway, lots of fun time outside, which is super nice. I need to get some like legit playground things, whatever you would call it, jungle gyms, yes. whatever. Jungle Children. Gyms. Yeah. Children ninja courses in our backyard. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My son did. Uh, okay. a ninja, he did ninja classes for a while. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I wanted to participate in them, but oh, yeah, um, yeah. again, 
Was it the height thing? The adult thing. Yeah. No, I'm just it, kidding. Yeah, it, was, it was the height. It was, it was actually, it was the height thing. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, you know, like you're either too big or too small. Yeah. <laughs> Ninja should be, it shouldn't matter. So it, it shouldn't. It pays to be average is what I'm hearing. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Average all the way. <laughs> yeah. You can buy regular pants. Yes. Oh, that yes. That is true. All right. Be, being grateful for what we have as average folks. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Tiffany, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. And uh, we are so excited to introduce those who don't know you to get to know a little bit more about you. So tell us a little bit about who you are, your background. Um, tell us a little bit about you. All right. Uh, I feel like right now, I when I introduce myself, I always feel like I should do like the SNL thing where it's like, uh, Will Ferrell, my name is Tiffany. Uh, I am 410. Nice. <laughs> I'm an alcoholic, so check me out. Um, no, I am Tiffany. I'm 34. I love fitness. I am a mom of three. I am married. I'm a wife. Um, that is what I feel like is my identity. Yep. I, a, I really do struggle with addiction. That mm-hmm. is, I feel like, my biggest biggest thing right now that I deal with in my life. And right now, I feel like the biggest way I am making an impact is just talking about it mm-hmm. and talking about mental health. Yes. Um, honestly. So I, that's what I'm trying to do with my life right now mm-hmm. is just opening up about it and talking about it as uncomfortable as it is. And it is, it's so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it makes other people uncomfortable as well. Yeah. Um, is just talking about it because it's still a little taboo, uh, yeah. you know, in the world, you know, in life, just talking about mental health and, you know, going to therapy, saying you have a therapist, saying mm-hmm. you have an addiction, saying you have a problem with anything is just very like, Ooh, yeah. Yikes. I th- mostly people don't know what to say. No, right. Yeah, they yeah. don't. They don't know what to say. And a lot of times people don't understand that they don't even have to say anything. Yeah. They just have to be okay with it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just have to be okay with it. Yeah. So. And I, if anyone's listened to some of our other podcasts, we've talked about depression and eating yes. disorders yeah. and mental health. And I love that you mentioned like just trying to normalize talking about it and getting rid of stigmas people might have when you say something like that. So uh, thank you for being willing to be vulnerable and come on here. Absolutely. Not that we have, you know, Will Ferrell's following amongst us, but maybe after the introduction, (laughs) they'll start to listen. (laughs) But uh, okay. So, and I love, um, I love that you talk about your identity and your family and um, yeah, like I yeah. don't have to be something great. Like to me, yeah. I think a lot of people are like, oh, you know, they they are so stuck on they are identifying themselves as something, you know, they need to be something bigger, something mm-hmm. better. And for me, I thought that for a really long time and that stressed me out yeah. immensely. And then I finally got to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm a wife. I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. I really like being those things. Yep. I just want to be a good person. Yeah. And for me, that all of that is hard enough that I can't put a lot of energy into being anything more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At this point, I can't. Yeah. Like I'm and, not 
putting your energy in being a mom and a wife is such an so honorable, hard. purposeful place yes. to invest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. It really is. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned addiction and mm-hmm. I know that's one of the topics we want to dig into here absolutely. and you're trying to talk about. Curious for those out there, how do you know if you are addicted to something? And yes, I think that's a really great question for for me I was putting something before my family. I was putting something before my health. I was putting something before myself. Mm-hmm. Um it was hard for me to realize that I was addicted to something. I didn't think that I had a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's a big big thing with people who are addicted to something is that they don't realize that they are addicted to it. Uh, they're making excuses for it because we want to, because we like what we're doing, because it feels good. Um, and, you know, a lot of addictions are, a lot of addictions don't necessarily have to be things that are illegal, like drugs or, you know, I mean, alcohol is legal, but they're not all necessarily bad things. Some people are addicted to food. Some people are addicted to exercise. Some people are addicted to sex, to gambling, to things that, you know, people are addicted to a lot of different things. And I feel like, you know, you're addicted to something when it takes a really, really, really big part of your life. Mm -hmm. And when it comes down to it, when you're choosing it more than you're choosing yourself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's really hard to see that, especially when you're make because you'll make an excuse for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Like for me, I would say, all right, let's go out to eat. And I would do that because I knew the place I would pick to go out to eat had the best beer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, let's go to Chicago's Pizza. They have 20-ounce beers, which I don't know if you can – a 20 ounce is a polar pop. That is legit. A yeah, polar pop yep. of Sun King Cream Ale. That's a 5% beer. Mm-hmm. I was buzzed. And, you know, that was great for me. And so I would be like, okay, great. Once a week, we're going to Chicago's Pizza. My mm-hmm. treat. Kids loved it. Yeah. I thought I was being a great mom because mm-hmm. I was, you know, doing that. I didn't, you know, in my head, I was not being selfish because, you know, I was doing that for them. But Mm -hmm. really, I was doing that for me because I was wanting to go there for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was choosing those things for myself. I thought that I was drinking because it made me less stressed out. So I was being better for my family. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I'm doing this so that I don't yell at everybody. When in reality, it was quite the opposite. It created way more problems. It made me yell a lot more. It made me more stressed out. It turned that that switch off that made me, you know, made those problems that I was hiding, it, you know, turned that switch where it was like, oh, those manners that I, you know, would think about normally, no, those are gone. Yeah. You know, mean mom comes out, mean wife comes out, things that I have been hiding and holding deep down, that stuff's, you know, all that gets thrown out the window. So it's like I was putting, I was being much more selfish and putting all of that before everything. And I feel like if you just find yourself, 
if you find yourself choosing those things before yourself, before you're, if you find yourself choosing those things before your own health, before your own family, then you're, you know, you have potentially a problem. Mm-hmm. I heard you mention that a lot of people who are addicted are good at creating excuses. Absolutely. And, and you, you shared some really mm-hmm. relevant ones, ones that you, you used. Wh- at what point did you realize or accept that you were addicted? Um, rock bottom. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolute rock bottom. Uh, it was pro- it was literally probably the, the hardest night ever. I... It's it's hard to even share the story because I is my worst my worst parent night ever. Mm-hmm. I went to Chicago's Pizza, uh, got my twenty ounce Polar Pop of beer, and <laughs> didn't I ate like one piece of pizza? So I was very buzzed. I drove the kids home, and my husband's in the military. He's mm-hmm. got he was gone at training. Um, away so I'm taking care of the kids the house the yard the dogs everything by myself and still you know being a full-time employee trying to do everything by myself and being the type of person I am not asking for help Um, and I just decided the way to handle my stress would be that's how I'm going to do it is I'm going to drink and I had a bad day at work I got off late and I was like okay well I'm just going to take everybody out to eat. We're going to, I'm going to drink. And then that turned into all my frustration for the day, turned into anger, turned into, I'm going to drink more. Mm -hmm. So had dinner, took the kids home and I was like, okay, uh, I'm going to go to the gas station, left the kids at home, went to the bar and stayed at the bar for hours, drank, did a lot of drugs, hard drugs, and didn't come home for a really, really long time, left an 11-year-old and two nine-year-olds at home by themselves, Mm -hmm. and uh, then tried to go home, drive home, because I'm an idiot, and that's what drunk people do. We don't care about people. We don't care about ourselves. We just think, you know, at that time, I was being a good mom, I got to get home to my kids. Right. Mm-hmm. It's two in the morning. It seems like a good idea. It, yeah. Yeah. You know, I got to get home. So, you know, for the, I don't know how many, I don't know how many times God has saved my life, but my tire popped in the craziest way that it could pop in the parking lot of, um, of the uh, Al Emporium. There's nothing there that would have, you know, done that. So I could not have, you know, killed myself or killed anybody else, thank God. And so I couldn't drive home. Um, I eventually ended up going home. You know, obviously my son's like, where have you been? Mm-hmm. I lied. I, you know, think I don't even remember what I told him. Um, completely, you know, blacked out from that whole experience Mm -hmm. and I just remember that Saturday thinking I'm you know I can't believe I can't believe myself like I'm you know this is the worst thing that I've ever done I'm the worst mom that I've ever been and I don't know what to do from here Mm -hmm. I was at the lowest point that I've ever been at 
And I called my husband immediately because I am, I'm not the type of person, like I'm very transparent. I'm not gonna, I just want to get it off my chest and accept my punishment and be done with it. That's the type of person I am. So as soon as I got home, I called him and let him know everything that had happened. And, you know, his response to me was that, you know, I told him, I was like, I have to be done. I have to be done drinking. I have to get in a program. I have to get help. I don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, his response was that he was proud of me for figuring that out. And I was just like, I, I didn't really know how to take that. Like, I was, it was like I was mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then I had so much shame and so much just self-disgust from that that he was so nice and so forgiving instantly that I was like, okay, well, I just, I couldn't accept, you know, I couldn't accept that. Like I was just crying that whole day. I was so done. I was like that. So I was like that Sunday when the kids leave, I'm, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to be done. Mm -hmm. I was, I was like, I can't accept this. I'm, this is not how I'm going to live my life. Like, I know I won't ever be able to forgive myself for this. He may be able to, but I can't. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I would not be able to. And so I was like, okay, well, when the kids are, when I drop the kids off, I know what I'll do, you know. And then I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go to church Sunday morning because I would like to at least, you know, get right with God and, you know, do what I can. And I went to church and there was a service about, it was about depression. Our, we were doing a four week thing about depression mm-hmm. and it was, it was just, it was perfect. That's how it always works. Yep. <laughs> it's literally always perfect. And it was just, I felt like, I felt like I could finally just put all my cards out on the table and say, please, if you can love me and show me how to love myself and show me how to forgive myself, I promise I'll try. Mm-hmm. I promise I will do everything I can to to help everybody I can and to glorify you and to do to do everything for you. To mm-hmm. I'll give all of my life to do this. If you will just save my life. And he did. So that's, you know, I was at my lowest point in my life where I hated myself so much that I just wanted to die so I could just be what I thought would be at peace. And I thought it would be better for my kids because they wouldn't have to deal with what I dealt with growing up. And then they wouldn't be who I am when they grew up and I thought that would break the cycle of it all. Um, but you know, God had other plans and I'm really glad that I, you know, I went and I listened to that and I was able to, you know, forgive myself Mm -hmm. finally, you know, to actually be able to forgive myself and to move on to, start to heal, 
to actually start to heal inside Mm -hmm. and to be able to accept love from my husband and to accept forgiveness from my husband and to accept those things. And it's like now the hard part is actually feeling things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you're not drinking, you're feeling a lot of feelings. And that, I think, is the hardest part of what I am experiencing now. Yeah. For sure. And a lot of addicts, honestly, because I do meetings and we talk about that a lot. Uh, That's everybody's biggest thing that we talk about in our small group is we feel now and feelings are hard. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's why we don't. Yeah, like they we really do. we do. Yeah, like we realize why we, you know, why we used drugs and why we drank, and it was, you know, to deal with our feelings. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was, um, you know, and a lot of it stems from you know childhood and things like that. But you know, once you actually figure those things out, mm-hmm. and that's the hard part is figuring out why you are doing those things. That's why a lot of people don't realize they have an addiction. It's because they don't know why they're using or why they're drinking. And then once they figure that out Mm. through different therapies, then it's like, oh, okay, I know why I'm doing it. And then figuring out how to stop that and how to deal with those emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And then now it's hard because I find myself, you know, gravitating to other addictions like exercising or, you know, reading, I'll read a book in a day. Wow. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. it's like, but it's like, I'm also not dealing with my emotions that way. It's like I'm ignoring a bad day by diving into a book Mm -hmm. and doing that when I'm like, "Ah, (laughs) my therapist is going to be mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, you know, I have to, I'm still working on those things. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like it's a healthier way to do it, but I'm still avoiding what I need to work on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a slow process. It's a really, really slow process. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that story. Oh, yeah. For talking about it. And I feel like I have to. It's, I, you can't, you can't get, like I said, I feel like I can't accept that kind of forgiveness without, um, you know, I feel like that was a, that was the deal I had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the deal I had with God was, uh, yeah. okay, well, you do me this solid and uh, I guess I got to hold up my end of the bargain. <laughs> yeah. But it's still hard. It's still it difficult. Is. Yeah. And yeah, I completely well I don't completely understand but I understand what you're talking about in terms of the coping mechanisms and I feel like for me years ago food was an addiction and it was a coping mechanism and you're right like I've moved on to quote-unquote better coping mechanisms right but they're still coping mechanisms where I'm like I can't handle this feeling or I don't even know what I'm feeling I don't want to sit in that right and so I'm just gonna watch next Netflix for the next right Four to twelve hours, right? <laughs> like, right. I just don't want to do it over. Wanna, right, <laughs> right. Just you would last approximately twenty minutes. <laughs> I know. I wouldn't last long. No, <laughs> you'd be like, stop talking to me, Becky. I'm watching a show. I'm trying to focus on not focusing. <laughs> so, absolutely, I can completely understand. Right, that, you just don't want to sit process. in that. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Right. And it's hard because it gets it gets dirty, it gets nasty, and then you also it's like that's why they're like, you know, journaling is great. Yeah. But then, you know, for me, I get scared. Like, who's going to read this journal? Yeah. You know, n- my husband would never, number one. You know, yeah. I mean, but it's not even – but it's – I don't know why I have this fear that someone's going to read my personal thoughts. I know no one ever would. Mm-hmm. But – and then I'm like, well, it's just – it's and then also it's like I never you know I have really great friends that I could absolutely tell all of this to I could explain you know my childhood to I could explain all of this stuff to but I don't want to burden anyone and I know it wouldn't be a burden to them but I don't want to because they you know I don't want anybody to see me different and I don't want to I don't want to make them sad because it's there's it's sad, you know. It's a sad story. I don't want to make them sad, and I don't want to. I just I don't want to do that to someone, you know. That's why I have a therapist, you know. But I'm you know I'm gonna be with my therapist for a very long time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. That's just how it's gonna be, and yeah. I meet with her once a week. I'm seeing her today at one o'clock, like you know, mm-hmm. virtual one o'clock. Mm-hmm. It's every th- every week. I see her every week and we were just talking and she was like, uh, who are, you know, five people in your life that if they weren't in your life anymore, that you would be, you know, you would, uh, it was some kind of question. And my fifth person, I was like, oh man, I was like, honestly, this is really sad, but you, and I was like, I would be really upset if you were not, you know, and she was like, yeah, (laughs) you know, but it was, I was just like, if I didn't have that outlet, you know. And I have a lot of people that come to me and that talk to me and, you know, that tell me a lot of their problems and I talk to them and that's fine. Like I love doing, I love being that person, mm-hmm. but I don't have that outlet. I, I do that with my therapist because I feel like mine are just too aggressive yeah. <laughs> or too, uh, you know, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know for me, talking to my therapist, I feel like, my because she's trained to handle it yes uh i'm not going to negatively impact her day no matter what i say that's yes that is the best way i think that you put it perfect yes that's what i was trying to say yeah yeah it makes it easier because you're not like i'm going to destroy this person's day 100 (laughs) percent. i know but i do feel like at the end of it i because i was thinking last night i was like how are they because i was thinking my profession is in the top um it's always in the top five of suicide rates. Yeah. Dentists are. And I'm always like, yeah, everyone comes. I mean, patients will come in. I'm like, how are you? Good till I got here. And I'm always oh. like, oh, me too. <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, so it's, I'm always like, man, how does she not mm-hmm. do that? Yeah. But yeah. I, she's great. I've forced myself to not ask her personal questions oh yeah because i'm like i don't want to know absolutely i don't want to know how your day is going because then i'll Mm -mm. start to think about you as an actual human nope and that's not gonna go (laughs) well for me (laughs) which is funny because i'm constantly like oh i think she and i could be friends like we're cool you know (laughs) me too but i'm like nope i don't want to know absolutely not i stop my i'm like i know she has a daughter i don't ask her how old Mm -hmm. her her daughter is what's going on i see you at the grocery store (laughs) <laughs> yep we have the same birthday i don't tell her happy birthday what yeah so i'm just like do nope. you really yes yeah 
Can no, we I like send that. this to your therapist? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Share yeah, this right? episode with them. Uh, well, it's, it's, it, I mean, first off, I know that Ash thanked you for sharing that story. It's, you know, I'm glad that you're here. And I'm, yeah, me too. like you I'm said, everything glad. happened perfectly how it was absolutely. supposed to. Um, you, you've shared quite a bit on like what it felt like then. And obviously now you're, you're sober yeah. and you talked about, you know, calling your husband and getting it off your chest. What, what are some of your tips for people out there who maybe are in that rock bottom? Like, what would you say is that first step or some suggestions to help them towards their sobriety journey? Um, I would say there are a ton, if like you're on social media, there are a ton of things to follow on social media that are encouraging for sobriety. I, all of my social media right now on, I'm not on Facebook, but I'm on Instagram. Everything is either about sobriety or, um, you know, CrossFit or animals. <laughs> yes. Honestly, like that's all it is. It's all yeah. positivity. Yep. Yeah. Anything that comes across my Instagram that's negative, I unfollow it immediately. Yeah. Um, and I had to unfollow a lot and I had to get rid of my Facebook and I had to get rid of a lot of things that were negative. Mm-hmm. And shockingly, that made the biggest difference in my sobriety mm-hmm. was getting rid of a lot of negative stuff. Yep. And a lot of negative people will leave your life when you become sober because they're uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's okay. Yep. Like it really is okay. Um, I would say when you make the decision to become sober, if, you're, if your thing is alcohol, for me, I got a lot of non-alcoholic drinks. Um, there's a ton of stuff that's actually really tasty and good. Mm-hmm. I, ca- I keep it at my house in case we're, um, we have friends over or if we're invited yeah. to go somewhere, then I can take it with me. Um, everywhere we go out to eat, if we go with friends or if I go out with friends, I will order something non-alcoholic mm-hmm. um, to have something in my hand because it... Uh, makes me feel better, but also it makes other, I don't know why I'm, I don't know why I care that I make other people comfortable, but I still care that I make other people comfortable. And it does make other people comfortable that I have something in my hand. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I do that. I will order something non-alcoholic. And so that does, it does help to have something in my hand like that. Um, I will say the first time I was, I got sober at the very end of October and the very beginning of October, we had to go to a good couple friend of ours, um, their engagement party. And it was at a brewery. And I was like, oh God, uh-huh. I was like, helpful. Yeah. yeah, this was like in the first two weeks of my sobriety. Oof. And I was like, you know, my husband was like, we don't have to go. And I was like, these are like our best friends. Yeah. I really want to go. Like, I want to go for them. And uh, so I went and I was the only person not drinking. Mm-hmm. And I knew everyone there and they were all like, are you pregnant? Ugh. And I was like, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Like, <laughs> don't. Back off. Yeah. I was like, yeah, back off. <laughs> uh, you know, and I was just like, everyone that's when it gave me confirmation that I was glad that I stopped drinking because everyone was just like, what is wrong? Like, 
what's going on? And everyone just kept like yeah. trying to push like, you know, mm-hmm. we're toasting you. Why don't you want, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, no, you know, mm-hmm. like, so I, I think getting, uh, past the first you know going out thing it was a lot easier and then i have an app on my phone it's just called i am sober yeah and it literally uh i check it every single day and it tells me the exact number of days that i'm sober and it gives you like a little positive quote every day you can pledge that you're sober it's a free app that's so it will it's nice and then, um, you know, I go to celebrate recovery meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, they are celebrate recovery is different than AA. It is similar, but it is faith based. Mm-hmm. So it is uh, in different churches around. Um, this one just so happened to be in my church and on Friday nights, so it worked out for me. Yeah, um, I just like it because it just just in line aligned more with what I was going for. Um, I think the only thing that I, that was really hard for me with AA was that they there, it's not that they're okay with relapse, but they, um, they really push that. It's okay. If you relapse, just get back up. And for me, it's not okay. If I relapse, I am all or nothing. I'm black Mm -hmm. or white. I'm not gray. I'm not lukewarm. I'm cold or I'm hot. Mm -hmm. So for me, I need to have it that there is no failure. You know, don't get me wrong. If you relapse, you need to get back up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, you just get back up and you keep going forward, keep going forward, keep going forward. So, you know, my encouragement would be to find a program that is right for you. And there are so many programs in Indiana. Yeah. So many. Like, and you just Google it. There's so many. And there's so many different ones that have so many different times. And you meet so many different people at these programs. Mm-hmm. And they truly are um, very anonymous. Uh, there, you know, I've met people there that I know um, that I would never tell, you know, a soul, you know, I've met mutual friends there that I know that I would never be like, Hey, did I saw so-and-so here? Yeah. Like, no, you know, it's great that, you know, I get to have that connection with them. Like, awesome. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. Yeah. And they're so glad you're there. And it's, you know, it's great to have that connection because you're sharing a mutual thing with other people who are sharing something, you're sharing something really heavy. You're sharing a heavy burden with uh, other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's nice to share that with someone because a lot of people don't necessarily understand what you're going through. Yeah. So it's nice to have those people. And, you you know, a lot of, I've exchanged numbers with a couple of these um, other women. So it's nice to have those people because there are days that are really hard where you do need that extra, hey, I'm feeling it today. Yeah. Just, you know, tell me, don't do it. Yeah. That's not tell worth us. It. We haven't asked how many days sober are you? Oh man. I Do you need to check your app? I do. I know I do. <laughs> I, I am over four months. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it feels good. It was, I will tell you because Last Friday, I had my Christmas party for my work. Okay. I know it's late. I know it's oh. late. I know. Yeah. 
Better um, late than never, I guess. Yeah. I know. It was the day that the video came out. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was having a really rough, like, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Real rough. And um, just everything, you know, do it with the husband being gone and all that. And I was like, man, it's going to be really hard being with all, you know, being with everybody. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I knew I'd be the only one not drinking and I was like, it's going to be hard. And then I saw that and all my friends were like texting and my oh. watch was going off and they were just like, you won, you won. And I was the video like, what? about the, the gym challenge. Yeah. yeah. And I was yeah. like, okay. what, what is going on? And I was just like, what, what's happening? And I was just like, I'm the people's champ. <laughs> I'm the people's champion. What yes. is happening? And I was like, if it weren't for that, I don't know that I would have had the strength to not be able to to not have a drink. Yeah. Because it's still not easy. Yeah. Yep. Like it's still not easy to be around a group of people who are buzzed and having fun and to not want to be that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still not easy. How long did you drink alcohol? Like when did you start drinking alcohol? Roughly. Oh, sophomore in high school. Yeah. I had a job uh I had a job, a sophomore in high school, and my mom, I gave my mom money, and she would go buy me bottles of Smirnoff Apple. Yeah, that's, well, okay. Yeah. She I, she was an alcoholic. She, yeah. she literally died uh, early 50s of, I didn't even know this was a thing, but uh, alcoholic hepatitis. Oh, wow. Oh. I didn't know that was a thing either. Yeah. Right? Alcoholic hepatitis uh, and cirrhosis of the liver. Wow. Mm, yeah. Early 50s. Yeah. And her mother passed away as well. And generations, yeah, you know, so it's like, yeah, I drank at a very early age and, you know, I hit it very well in the last, you know, how much I would say COVID definitely did not help. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm supporting my local business. I'm (laughs) getting growlers are $6. On Thursdays, mm-hmm. I was filling up four growlers. Like, mm-hmm. I'm getting... It's a steal. Yeah. So I was like, you know, that just... That didn't help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's almost 20 years of drinking alcohol. Uh-huh. So, yeah. like, four months of sobriety is impressive. Don't get me wrong. But, like, the ratio it's there nothing. is not good. <laughs> you know? It's like, nothing. In terms of all the habits you built in and all of the... Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What, what was normal... Like you're changing yeah. what is normal and four months, it makes total sense that it's still difficult yeah. until you get I mean, anywhere close to that ratio again. Well, just in my head, you know, I'm at home and I'm thinking, I'm not going to hurt anybody. Like yeah. I can, why can't I just have a drink? Why can't I just like, even I'm just thinking, why can't I just have a gummy and giggle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to hurt anybody. Yeah. I'm not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And then I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then I finally get in my own head. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, no, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna hurt yourself. Like you're just gonna, cause you are the type of person where you are going to be so down on yourself mm-hmm. for starting over that you'll be destroyed. Yeah. yeah. So no, don't do it. Yeah. And it sounds like you've found what works for you. Exactly. Yes. For you, which is fantastic. And yeah, I love that you found a rhythm that's working for you and whether you are trial and error, you know, kind of that hot or cold, you know, all or nothing yeah. person or whether you're like, okay, I need to take steps to wean myself off yes. or whatever you need to do. I think that's a big, that's a big thing in terms of figuring out what's best for you. 
Yeah. So I love that you've figured that out. That's awesome. Yeah. I would encourage anybody to, you know, trial and error. Yeah. Figure yeah. it out. You know, if you feel like trying it out with, you know, like a lot of people were trying out dry January. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, I thought that was great. Like, I know Stephanie Anderson was like, she tried dry January and she was like, that was really hard. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize you know, how uncomfortable it was. Um, cause I had yeah. a couple people over and she didn't drink and I wasn't drinking. And she was like, you know, and people, and everyone was like, have some, you want, are you sure you don't come yeah. on, let's open a bottle and yeah. we'll share me and you'll share. And, yeah. you know, she was like, I didn't realize how much, because in today, like today's day and age, you can't just say, no, thank you. Right. Someone's going to say, why? Yeah. You can't say, I, j- I don't want, no, thanks. I don't want to drink. Someone's going to yeah. say, why not? Yeah. I, you know, and I just, I'm okay making people feel uncomfortable at some point, <laughs> at some point in time when they push me enough. Right. And I'm like, because I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. That's why. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> once again, back off. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm like, yeah. you know, if I say no, uh, when we were at our, at our Christmas party at Ruth Chris, I said the, the non-alcoholic beer, it was awful. It was so gross. And I said, do you have anything else non-alcoholic? And he said, well, I can, no, I don't have any other non-alcoholic beers. And he made it sound like he had something else uh-huh. non-alcoholic. And I said, oh, well, what else do you have that's non-alcoholic? He said, well, I can make you like a mocktail. And I said, oh, I said, I don't really want those, you know, unwanted calories. He goes, or you can just have alcohol. Oh. And I was like, really? What? And then I said, no. No, thank you. And then he, he said something else. And he said, or he, oh, I, I said, no, I don't want those calories, like something else again. And he said, uh, well, you can just have vodka. And I uh-huh. I like I got up and I went to the bathroom because yeah. I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to be mean to this person. Yeah. And I also don't, I'm not going to cave. I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to bring myself down to yeah. this. Yeah. Some people just don't. They're not going to, I'm not asking people to be sensitive to me being an alcoholic. That's not your issue. Like, it's not your problem that I have a problem. I'm not asking you to not drink around me. You don't have a problem. Mm -hmm. You can drink. That's fine. Like, you're not a bad person because you drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. I just can't have it. But don't make me feel bad because I can't have alcohol. And don't ask me why I can't have alcohol if I say no, thank you. If you offered me a line of Coke and I said no, would you say, why not? <laughs> Maybe no. some people would. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, uh, yeah. no thanks. I, I think for me, if I feel uncomfortable that someone's not doing what I'm doing, it says something about me. Exactly. Yeah. If I feel like you, if you're like, no, I don't want dessert. And I'm like, well, why don't you want dessert? Come on, you have right. to eat dessert with me. Well, then right. I have an issue right. of feeling shame or feeling right. some sort some sort of something yep. about the fact that I'm eating dessert. And so I feel like that's that's the takeaway for those of us it is. who are not currently in a pattern of addiction is to assess what is it that's making me push. It is. And yes. give people the right to say no and just leave it at that. It is, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. If they're being defensive about their own decision, um, then they have yeah. they have a reason to be defensive and they need to kind of evaluate that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Tiffany, thank you so much for talking Absolutely. about this. I feel like we could continue to hear more stories and more thoughts. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to ask you more questions, but I think we better wrap it up. Not a problem. Um, 
yeah, thank you so much for being here and for Absolutely. sharing. Thank you. And it's been it's been revelatory to me. Yeah. And I'm I'm processing the things that I do without thinking about it and the questions I ask without thinking about it. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, Tiffany. Yeah. I I would say if you have, you mentioned social media, Instagram, Mm -hmm. I would love to see like your top favorite sobriety handles. And maybe Mm -hmm. we share that in our podcast notes for anyone who is like, Hmm, I need to do something. And, and maybe as you mentioned, that's been really helpful for you. So we can do that as some follow up ones. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're really inspiring and positive. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing your journey. Yeah, thanks. Box Breakers, thanks for being here. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.